Welcome to the Local Hearted Podcast. I'm Meredith Adler, and I am your host. Join me as we get to know the people who create the wide variety of art in Asheville and in the mountain counties of Western North Carolina. We'll also talk with some of the people who create opportunities for our local artists and help them shine. Hello, Meredith here, and thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Local Hearted Podcast. I am so glad you are here for part two of my conversation with Dawn Chitwood of Bravado Creative, a full-service digital marketing company located in the Flatiron Building in downtown Asheville, North Carolina. In last week's episode, part one, Dawn talked about the importance for artists to have a business page on Facebook, separate from their personal profile page. And she gave lots of tips and do's and don'ts for managing the Facebook page. In this week's episode, we continue the discussion with a focus on advertising on Facebook. When I had this discussion with Dawn, I had absolutely no experience on the topic. I do not have a Facebook business page for my own art, and I had not yet launched Local Hearted or started the Facebook page. Now that I am running the page for Local Hearted, I can see exactly what Dawn is talking about in this episode. So we're going to use Local Hearted a little bit as a case study here. At the time of this recording, the Local Hearted Facebook page has 99 likes. And I am going to give you a glimpse into some of the um, statistics or analytics for my page so you can see what uh, Don and I were talking about. Facebook gives you a section called insights when you have a page and that will tell you how many people you reached with your post, how many were engaged with your post. And like I said, I'm really new at this, but it looks to me like engagement and reach includes people who, once it gets shared, people who see the shared post. I hope someone will correct me if that is not the case. But from the numbers, that's what it looks like. Because the episodes, as I release those, people are helping me share those, including the uh, interviewee, of course, is helping to share that with their own people. And those posts are reaching well over 600 people. And then I have been doing posts in between that involve, I'm helping my um, interviewees who have classes or workshops or shows, I'm helping them to get the word out on those things. So I'll tell you some of those numbers. I, again, 99 people have liked this page. And that to me is telling Facebook, they would like to see my posts. The most recent one I did on September 25th was Tim Barnwell, the photographer was having a a book signing that day and also has some upcoming classes. That post reached a total of 11 people. 
The one before that, Elise Okrand, pastel artist, was exhibiting at Art in Autumn. So I posted that to help get the word out on that one. That one reached a total of six out of the 99 people. So 99 people like the page and that few people are actually seeing my updates. And this is why Dawn is suggesting doing some version of advertising on Facebook. I do want to say Facebook makes it extremely easy to set up the advertising every time I do a post. They're asking me right then and there if I want to boost the post, which means do I want to pay them to show it to people? So I'm going to stop here and let you hear for yourself exactly what Don has to say on the topic. What about paid advertising on Facebook? Can you, you have some experience with that? I do. Can we yeah. talk about that? Yeah, I actually am a big fan of the social advertising just because it really can uh, accommodate all budgets. You can advertise for as little as a dollar a day. And you can get so laser focused with the targeting. And it's one of the very reasons people have been up in arms about Facebook is that they collect so much data. But as a business owner, it can really be to your advantage because you can target uh, people who are in a certain area. So as I was discussing earlier, you can do local awareness ads where you're targeting people within a certain radius of your business. So that allows you to target people that not only live around your business, but who might be visiting mm -hmm. around your business. So that can be really advantageous. You can also uh, target people by creating videos. So you can do videos, you can do picture slideshows, which can be really beneficial as a visual artist. You know, mm -hmm. when you have sure. something like that, you can put together in a slideshow or a video. You can also create just like ads. So if you want to just kind of build your audience for a dollar a day, you can target people in your area who like certain types of art mm -hmm. that you do and build your likes and have that running. Most recently, what we've been experimenting with is what we call sequen, we call it sequencing ads. Okay. And Essentially, it wasn't, we didn't, we didn't do the research that prompted us to start trying experimenting with the sequence ads, but in our experimentation, it really affirms the research, what the research had already shown. But sequence ads, um, run off of the idea that you run a sequence of campaigns. You start off with a campaign that does nothing but create brand awareness. So there is no call to action. You don't jump right in. It's the idea of the marketing, the age-old marketing funnel, where if you're looking at a funnel at the very top, you have awareness, then consideration, and then it goes all the way down to the purchasing decision. Nobody starts in a funnel at the very bottom. Mm -hmm. They all start with the awareness. Let them know who you are. Exactly. Okay. So it's very important not to try to come into a funnel at the end. And what I mean by that is if you're going to start running ads that are like, buy my program, buy my art, you know, $500. Like if you think somebody that has never even heard of you is going to jump right in and buy something at the price, but maybe if it's a buck or two or five or 10, maybe, mm -hmm. maybe mm -hmm. you have a chance. Right. But at anything higher, you need to nurture 
people and build that trust before they're going to make that purchasing decision. So I think a lot of people will run ads and they'll say, you know, it'll be promotional in nature and they'll drive, try to drive people to the website, but you're just starting too far down the funnel. So the sequence ad starts with an ad, say you run it for four days and it's simply awareness. That's all it is. And then targeting that same audience you want to run an ad that is now introducing your product or services. So you've introduced your brand. Now you want to introduce what you do. So psychologically, people might not be making this connection, but they will recognize, they'll say, oh, I, I recognize I recognize this brand. Mm-hmm. I've heard of this. Right. They may not make the connection that it was a Facebook ad running three days ago, but you've already planted that seed. So then you introduce the products and services and you run for four days, and then targeting the same audience, you run an ad for the next four days, and that's when you come in with the call to action. Visit the gallery. Call now. Whatever the call to action is, that's when you come in with the call to action. So by now, you have created these different layers of awareness. Okay, that makes sense. So people get to know you. And like you said, nurture the relationship first. And that way you're not turning them off from the beginning. Right. And then eventually, if you have something that meets their need, they will seek you as a customer. Sure. Yeah. And if you're, you know, you have to look at it. If you don't, if you're not getting any conversions, you have to look at every stop, step of the process, right? So if, if the ads seem to be performing well and people are clicking on the ads, well, it's suffice it to say that you are doing a good job. You might be doing, uh, people are clicking on it and they're not converting into sales. Then you want to look at who you're bringing in. Maybe your targeting is off. Mm-hmm. If people are clicking on it and then they get there and it's not what they think, you know, look at the messaging get really clear on the messaging. A lot of times I'll recommend to people when you are right, especially with Google AdWords, you know, it's when you're paying two, five dollars a click, whatever it is, you want to be careful mm-hmm. what you're, you know, what you're sending sure. to people. You don't want junk clicks. So sometimes it makes sense to say in the beginning, starting at $300, don't even click if you can't afford my stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> that kind, kind of thing. Of weed it out. Yeah. You can, so be really clear uh-huh. in the messaging. Don't do the, you know, the link bait type of, I, you see these things that have these flashy headlines, like you'll never believe that. Well, I better never believe it or <laughs> I've lost trust uh-huh. and I'm going to bounce as soon as I get there, uh-huh. you know? So be really clear and on- honest and authentic in your messaging. Make sure that you're targeting correctly and just look at it at each step where people are dropping off. And, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. And this is on, spelled out on Facebook, how to do these ads. You can find that on there or? You can find, yes, Facebook does tell you there's lots of information about it. That being said, it is, I'm, I'm wary of saying, you know, just it, it, there's a learning curve. Let's just say it's, I, I think that, I think that that could be an area where people could get consulting and it would be very beneficial. Mm-hmm. And if people don't have the budget for it, what you should do is you should set it up 
and get it going and then have somebody come and look at it. Mm-hmm. You know, paying somebody for an hour of time to look at something and point out holes or things to look at would be a really good use. Mm-hmm. Building a funnel is kind of a high-end, not high-end cost-wise, but it's a highly skilled part of marketing. Yeah. Even that- the targeting can be, yeah, just getting in there into the Facebook advertising and realizing all of the different dimensions as far as... Because I think that what a lot of people will do, one of the major mistakes that I see people make when I do go and look at their face. You know, you look at my Facebook ads and I go and I look and, and I see that they're targeting way too many variables. Ah. Right? So you, the most effective that you can be is to create different ad sets and make sure that you're only targeting singular variables. For example, let's say for a jewelry artist, uh, I would be targeting, and maybe we're doing local, right? It could be national, but let's just say we're looking for local clients. And so we target Asheville. That's fine. All of that's going to be the same. But you want to target people who like, hmm, let's say, necklaces, okay? People might jumble, lump together necklaces, earrings, whatever they make, necklaces, earrings, silver, and they want to put all of those different things in one ad group. I would never recommend that because if it doesn't work, how do you know why? Oh, right. You don't just have the necklace people clicking. Is that what you mean? Right, yeah. And I'm just yeah. using that as a broad example. I'm not yeah. saying that that's like necessarily the setup. But if you had different ad sets and you were targeting people who like necklaces, and then another ad set was targeting people who like earrings, well, if one was working, was far outperforming the other, you'll know why. If it was separate. If it's separate, yes. And I always tell, that's what I, we always have to rein ourselves in here too. And when we're tweaking ads and trying to make them better, just change one variable. Mm -hmm. Because if you try to change more than one, you never know why it's worse or better. Mm, Which one was it? Yeah. 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 Okay. So if you're going to rock the boat, one at a time. Mm-hmm. One at a time. Keep things separate. Split testing and um, and so and and get help. I do think that I do think that as much as people can do that themselves with the Facebook advertising, that even if it's just consulting help, it could save you money, mm-hmm. make you money, and save you a lot of time. Yeah. Thank you. That mm-hmm. makes sense to me. Yeah. <laughs> so. Just point of clarification, when we're talking about this funnel and these ads, are we talking about in the feed or are we talking about the right column of Facebook? Oh, so that's the placement, both. Mm -hmm. That's the placement. So you can choose the placement. If you you try to go and, let's say, you just choose uh, the news feed because you know that that's going to get more, you end up paying more. To be in the feed. You end up paying. Yeah, so it's more expensive than if you choose all placement. And all placement would include uh, the news feed, mobile feeds, right, the right-hand column, which is just on desktop. And it also includes the, uh, the audience network, which is, you know, if you're, in, if you're in an app, 
So if I'm playing, I don't know, Candy Crush or something, there are ads on the top. Ah, okay. And so that includes the audience network, too. Okay. And for artists, do you have any recommendations about, like, have you seen which of those areas work better for artists? Well, overall, I think I think that mobile and newsfeed are the are the optimal places for artists specifically. You would consider now that Facebook owns Instagram, they also have integrated it so that you can get Instagram placement okay. when you're doing the social ads. Uh-huh. So Instagram could be a good choice okay. for placement for artists. And you are free to choose whichever ones, mm-hmm. and then they'll tell you cost of the mm-hmm. ad. Yeah, well, it'll 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 be the same you set the budget. Oh, it's just that okay. it's just that you will get more bang for your buck for certain with certain setups. Okay. That's good to know. You can mm-hmm. tell I've never done this. Yeah, that's <laughs> all right. <laughs> yeah, this is very helpful. And okay, another point of clarification is a sponsored post the same as an ad? It is. It, it is. is a type of ad. It's a type of mm-hmm. ad. Okay. Yeah. So you have, you have Facebook ads again with it's like the categories, but you have Facebook ads as the overarching category, and then you have like videos, the object campaign objective. So you have video views, uh, just a like ad. Mm-hmm. Um, you also have the sponsored bo- boosted posts or sponsored posts. So there are just different types of campaign ag- objectives. Okay. And just to go back what you said earlier, we are talking about paying Facebook to show our marketing pieces because Facebook has become less generous mm-hmm. about showing business page content. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Facebook advertising. It's just a good outlet for any business to reach, uh, to reach more of a targeted audience. And so you can really reach people in your, in your area or in your industry niche, you know, people who like certain things. I love that you can target people who like certain pages. So you can use competitors' pages that might have a very large audience, mm-hmm. and you know that those people that like that page could be people who would like your page. You can target competitors' audiences. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. You can I target groups. Uh-huh. Yep, large groups. Okay. Ah, so when we're on Facebook, we are being targeted. <laughs> Absolutely, in every way. So anytime, any page that you like, Facebook is filing that away. Any uh, videos that you view, you know, they're, they're storing all of that information to build behavioral and persona mm-hmm. profiles. Right. right, so the ads and the sponsored posts that each of us see because of what we've already done on yeah. Facebook. Yes. And some people, a lot of a lot of people I've talked to, you know, it kind of freaks them out a little bit, but that happens. You know, they don't really, they feel like Big Brother's watching, Big Brother being Facebook in this scenario. But at the same time, in their defense, in Facebook defense, Facebook's defense, why that's good for us is that I don't want to see a bunch of stuff that's not relevant to me. Mm-hmm. So... It can be actually kind of nice that I'm getting a tailored experience. Mm-hmm. You didn't have to search it all out. Right. There you it know, is. Yeah. It, theoretically, I should have a Facebook feed 
of my friends and pages that I like and then any advertisement should be tailored to me. It's not like it used to be where on TV everybody that watched cable TV got the same advertisements. Mm -hmm. Right. Now we have advertisements that theoretically are relevant to us. Now, I personally mine is never relevant because I have so many clients so that I'm working for online that I've completely confused advertisers because they think that I like certain things but it's not me yeah. it's my client you're getting you're <laughs> getting the pest control oh <laughs> yeah I get all kinds of right when I do research for any client and and there's retargeting so here's another layer of uh, of the advertising retargeting is not just a concept that's used with Facebook it's also used for Google AdWords but retargeting means that if I go to visit a website you know, if I go to Target's website, it's no coincidence that now in my Facebook feed is that very product that I looked at yes, at Target. That happens That's all called the retargeting. Time. Okay. So retargeting means that they have got what's they've got a conversion pixel on their website that is capturing the data that I viewed that page that particular. If you get really granular, you've captured that I actually viewed that product uh -huh. and then they're going to show it. Now why that works for artists and one of the things that we have not gotten to but I've tried, you know, she I, Jen has she's one of those people that has gotten overwhelmed with like all of the different because she's one person, right. you know, trying to run a business. Right. But I have talked to her before about she has the ability to send out a Mailchimp campaign to her network and she can capture the data of who clicks on a link. So if she puts three necklaces in an email campaign, she can capture who has clicked on which necklace. Mm -hmm. She can import those Facebook addresses into Facebook and target those people. Oh, in another... In, right. So she, right. So she can, she can export email addresses. Like, for, for example, I'm, I'm doing Facebook ads for a local vacation rental place. Mm -hmm. And they had 2,500 email addresses of past clients, something like that, 3,000, whatever it was. We are able to import those email addresses into Facebook. Mm -hmm. and target their past clients with a Facebook ad that says, we miss you. Oh, wow. So they're seeing this company that they've used before, and it's just coming into their sphere of awareness again. Reminding them. Reminding them, yes, we miss you. Here's a 10% past client discount. Huh. And yeah. that is probably very, very effective. effective. Yes. And artists can use that if they're using these different types of, you know, they can either they can capture website people who have gone to their website before uh -huh. and retarget those people in Facebook, or they can import their database if they have a lot of email addresses and import that into Facebook and then target those people, their past clients before. So it really helps with... I don't know if this is still true in marketing, but I know they used to say you have to see something at least seven times yes, before you purchase. True. That's still the same way. It's a multi-touch approach. We say seven times. It's exactly huh. the same. So it's a multi-touch approach. So it's, it's not, we're never, it's not a build it and they will, it's not you put your website out there and people are just going to come. It's not I'm going to throw this promotion out there and people are just going to buy it. We're sorely disappointed 
if we get our hopes up that that's going to be the outcome. It's a multi-touch approach. You have to work to drive traffic to your website. You have to touch people again and again and again yes. until the Sealy mattresses. If you know, if some, if, and I should have done the experiment. Like if you were going to buy a mattress, what would you buy? You know, well, Sealy has built their entire business on a multi-touch approach. People don't need a mattress until they need a mattress. Right. Right. But they have just, they just completely push out brand awareness until when you need a mattress, who are you going to think of? Right. The one you've been saying all this time mm -hmm. in the back of your mind. Yes. Yes. So uh, it, there's a lot of value in that brand awareness. I think that a lot of times people say, well, it's not working, you know, or I, I did these Facebook ads and people didn't buy. Sometimes maybe we need to focus on the brand awareness. Mm -hmm. And then the next steps, like don't assume that you're going to do this one isolated campaign and it's going to result in X amount of sales. Right. And you're reminding me it's the same in my mind. Um, if you go meet people, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, you're not necessarily going to sell them something the day you meet them, but yeah. you're building relationships and you don't know what's going to come of them right. later. Yeah, you're probably not even going to remember their their name until the third time you meet them, right? Never yeah. mind what they do and what they're selling. Right. So it is. It's a total... I mean, I there have been networking events that I've gone to locally, and then I'll say, I need a mechanic, and somebody will mention somebody, and I'll go, oh my gosh, I've seen him five times. Why didn't I think of him? Mm -hmm. Right. Because it wasn't seven times, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> right, right. But, yeah, he's... He's on your radar. Yeah. He's on your radar. Yeah. It's like you being on this podcast that I met you and stayed in touch to a degree and knew that you'd be as great of a guest as you're being. You're yeah. being really helpful. Well, thank you. Yeah. yeah. And I, and just the same way it's like moving forward, like we didn't know it was going to come to this. Well, who knows what this is going to come to, right? You know, right. this is just another, another cog, you know, cog mm -hmm. in the whole system. It's yeah. just, yeah. So I think it's important for people to keep that, the bigger picture in mind, right? And not, and, and always think about the next step. You know, if you're going to run a Facebook ad campaign, make sure that somewhere along the way that the brand awareness is part of the campaign and then come up with the next step. Okay. Now I've done some brand awareness. Now I need to do the next level and then the next level. And you're just constantly thinking of ways right. to right. further the funnel. Okay. Now you're bringing me to another question. Time management of all this. Mm -hmm. There are ways to do that. Um, one way of course is to hire a marketing company to do the strategy for you and do the implementation for you. But there are some tools, right? That we should mention for, Artists, and I don't necessarily mean tools to get the ads out, but tools to deal with the content. Mm -hmm. Yeah, automation, like Hootsuite or something like that, like social media. Sure, and I think even at a more basic level, I think it's important to create your own processes. So not even thinking about the tools yet, but to think about building your own machine. So create the pieces and remember that things can be done 
solo, but that you want to build on it and that it all needs to work together. And what I mean by that is like, let's say Facebook ads and you're running Facebook ads Mm -hmm. that can be done by itself. It's a standalone campaign. So you can run these Facebook ads and with the idea that I'm going to run these Facebook ads and I'm going to drive people eventually maybe to an opt-in, right? Where I get people's email address. Somehow you're going to get somebody's, you're going to get people's email addresses. Okay. So that's the next piece, right? Is creating, because then you've got to create that lead magnet. Maybe for an artist, it's as simple as a coupon, you know, who knows? Mm -hmm. But whatever it is, you've got to create that. Then you've got to create that piece, but that can be done standalone too, right? But once you do it, you can start connecting the dots and start building it. So it does, this is where the time management comes in. Like don't get overwhelmed and think I've got to have all of these steps set up before I push start button. You know, get your Facebook ads running, Mm -hmm. get something that can be reproduced with tweaks because a lot of it is in the setup and the preparation. Okay. Then think about, all right, now how am I going to capture the leads, right? You're going to get, so then you've got, you create this lead capture system. You kick them in. Then you need usually like an auto, some emails, maybe some emails that are automated that go out to people. And you can do that as an artist. You can do that seasonally, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, you know that. Thanksgiving is going to come every year, right? So get a Black Friday email drafted. You don't have to do a different one every year. Use the same one and change some of the pieces. Maybe you change a product or whatever, but get the framework into place and schedule these things to go out. A Black Friday email, holidays, uh, a welcome email, you know, maybe another month down the road. And, and if you're really feeling comfortable in, in these things, you can make it as granular as I'm going to send this email out to people who open this one, mm-hmm. you know? So if you feel, if you're feeling frisky, like you want to tackle that, <laughs> you can really get into those, that kind of higher level uh-huh. targeting, but just starting out just, just getting a welcome email might be like all you need, but getting those emails into place and those can all stand alone too. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So just getting each piece into place and then making sure that you're building this machine that you can just keep running. And eventually it all kind of connects with one another and you are saving time because you just have to go in and maybe change out a photo on, on your Facebook ad, mm-hmm. you know, or you just need to go tweak the copy so that it's got the right dates in it, mm-hmm. the right times. But oh, focus on how you can build that machine that's just going to keep working for you. The beginning part is when you're laying the foundation and you're saying once you have that, it stays there Mm -hmm. and you can continue to use it. Yeah. There's no reason in anybody's business that you have to reinvent the wheel and that you have to constantly be coming up with brand new campaigns, like use the same campaign, Facebook. Yeah. Once you set up the ad campaigns, Typically, your targeting is going to say the same, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, typically, the place where you're sending people could be the same if it's a website. Mm-hmm. You know, you're just going right. to maybe change the messaging or the content right. from time to time. Okay, and you just sparked a question kind of, of course, it's related. It's Facebook, but a, a little bit of a different topic. When you were saying about where to send them and lead generation, what is your opinion about the debate, really, about should artists be 
using Facebook to try to get people to their websites or using their websites to try to get people to their Facebook page. Well, I'm of the opinion that your website is the heart of your web presence. And okay. so we should always be driving people as to our website. I think everything else is a funnel into our website because you have, that's the only thing that you have full control over. I mean, you really don't have control over what Facebook new algorithms are going to come out. Mm -hmm. uh, it's an owned asset, not a borrowed asset. Mm -hmm. you know? You're on someone else's territory mm -hmm. when you're in Facebook. Yes. So you need your, your energy needs to remain focused on your owned assets, the borrowed assets like Etsy, like Facebook, like Twitter, those things can go away tomorrow. Right. And then where would you be if you built your entire business around it? Uh -huh. That makes total sense. Use those as tools mm -hmm. for people to find your website. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Any uh, big not-to-dos besides what you were saying about not to just focus on here's my piece, here's what it costs, and have that be the only kind of post you do. Any other? That's the biggest thing is is really to focus on well-rounded content, uh, focus less on the promotion of it. Remember the marketing goals that you set for yourself. And the marketing goal is never to sell stuff. That's your business goal. Mm -hmm. Your marketing goal is focused on things like building your community. Establishing yourself as an, an expert. Yes. Those are more tangible, realistic marketing goals. So the selling stuff will happen if you're doing a good job achieving those marketing objectives. So really focus on, focus on that. I, I think don't focus on vanity metrics. That's another thing I, I a lot of people get all excited. They have, you know, oh, I have a thousand fans or I have, you know, really, I mean, who cares unless they're engaged. Right. You yeah. know, so it's more important to focus on creating engaged fans rather than building an audience, period. You know, same thing with shares and likes and, you know, yeah, those are great. Those are great engagement metrics is this many people like shared it, but making sure that you're focused on the connection with people. Mm -hmm. um, I like that because being on the internet, they're not face to face. This is electronic, but these are still people we're talking about. We want to treat them the way we would want to treat them if we walk if they walked into our storefront. Absolutely. And the litmus test of, of I always ask myself, I check in with myself, you know, when people ask me what do you think about what do you think about the sales page or whatever, I'll go and look at it and it's I do the litmus test. Do I feel compelled? Is the messaging motivating me? Do I feel a little stirring inside that makes me want to take action? And if the answer is no, well, then something needs to change. I don't always know what it is, but something needs to change. And so I think it's important with this, the same thing with content. I mean, and be real. Like, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to feel like you need to please everybody. You, you will have your audience. People connect with you. If you try to please everybody, you won't connect with anyone. Mm -hmm. 
That makes sense. You know, so, um, and then consistency, I think, is the other, is the other thing is, is just not only for just gaining the trust of your audience, but the Facebook algorithm has been designed in a way that the less, if the less frequently you post on Facebook, the harder it is to get a decent reach when you do post. Okay. So, and a lot of people will say to me, I don't I, like daily posting. They just feel like it's too much people. And again, it's that kind of, that, that kind of idea of like our ego saying that, oh, people, everybody's going to see this post every day. It's not happening. Not the case. Yeah, not the case. Not everybody is seeing it every day. And it, even people that are actually seeing it are not seeing it. <laughs> so, right. right. So like it's, it's be consistent, post with some sort of frequency and then look at what, look at your metrics. You can look at your Facebook insights and see which posts are getting the most engagement. Take note of when did I post that? Mm. Right. You know, you, it'll, I, I think you would be not so surprised that there are going to be Po the posts that are, have the highest engagement are usually probably posted about the same time all the you know every same day. time <laughs> of day you're saying same time of day same day of the week then look at the content and see what it is that you were posting about you know mm -hmm. what was the what was the type of post was it just purely text was it a link was it an image was it a video uh -huh. you know kind of make mental notes on on what it is that your audience is responding to. Listening, that's the biggest thing. And, and if we're listening to our audience, we're able to deliver what they want. Beautifully stated. <laughs> Beautifully stated. Uh, one more question comes to mind. I don't know if you've ever had to help a business deal with this, but curious if somebody gets um, negative feedback. Mm -hmm. how to handle that on Facebook. And I'm not really talking about reviews, but I'm talking about in a mm -hmm. comment. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, I think what a good, what a good topic because whether it is in reviews or, or in a comment, I think it's, it is an opportunity. We need to look at it as an opportunity mm -hmm. to exhibit the type of customer service we want for our fans to see. So let's just assume let's assume that the negative commenter or reviewer is a lost cause. They're not our, they're not our client. They're never going to be our client. It's not them that we're giving the energy to. It's an opportunity to show the people who could be our clients, how awesome we are, how you would handle something. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes. And that's, what's most important. I, I know, you know, but I, we also have a restaurant as well. My husband mainly is in the operations of it, and I do Shocker, the marketing and the business <laughs> side of it. Please feel free to mention what restaurant yeah, it is. Sure. It's Main Street Burrito in Mars Hill. Thank you. It's fairly new. We're in our fourth month. so. But we, that's something we have to deal with. Everybody's a food critic, you know, it's, and they are. Mm -hmm. And we have to listen to that. And as much as it hurts, when somebody says has critical feedback, it's important to view that as an opportunity. And we have actually had people tell us that the reason why they came in was because they were able to 
see the type of customer service based on what we did online. Somebody oh, wow. has actually somebody's actually said that to us. I as much as I when somebody says something's not good, of course we all get defensive inside and we want to be like, well, who cares what you think? <laughs> you know, but it's it's super important to look at it as an opportunity and to say, okay, what what can I learn from this? How can I change what I'm doing in my business? And how can I exhibit and articulate excellent customer service? to really wow people that are watching. Because mm-hmm. you are being watched. Mm-hmm. Even once people know you're out there, you mm-hmm. are being watched. Yeah, and the worst thing you can do is ignore it. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, Respond. because what that's, yeah, yeah, no response. I mean, think about when you see that kind of thing. You know, if I'm looking at reviews or if I see negative comments and the brand doesn't, step in and it's kind of exhibits your goes back to the values thing again mm-hmm. you know sometimes it's being dipl- taking a diplomatic stand for your values it doesn't mean you have it doesn't mean the customer's always right and we have to kowtow to people sometimes it means diplomatically standing your ground and saying this is who we are and it's okay if you don't like that you know, right. and people will really admire that. Right, right. I, I like your answer. That I like that we're showing people who we are if we're responding, mm-hmm. and we're showing that we care enough to respond. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. Doesn't have to be contrary to what most people believe. Having different views doesn't have to mean an argument. <laughs> yes. Correct. Yes. I like that. Okay. And. Um, in all fairness, I, I want to give you a chance to say that you've had a lot of positive about your restaurant also. <laughs> yeah, we have. We okay. have. We have we have absolutely and any critical any critical feedback that we have gotten has has been with the best intentions and has actually turned out to be a blessing. You know, we we were able to I actually got on the phone with somebody who had, you know, left feedback. She left a, a lukewarm review and I reached out to her and said, would you be willing to me, you know, to talk to me to see how we could make things better? Mm-hmm. And, and she did. She sent, she PM'd me her number and, uh, and we got into a conversation and she said in that conversation, no business has ever reached out to me and asked my opinion. Uh-huh. Right. Giving me the chills. Yeah. Yeah. That's big. That's it's 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 huge. And I didn't ask her to remove it. She but she after that conversation she actually removed her review. Which was not my goal, but she did. She removed her review and she actually came back and and ate and gave us a four star review oh, on her own accord. Great. So that's great. it really can pay off. To try to take our egos out of it as hard as it is. Right. Right. That goes back to what we were saying. These are people. Mm -hmm. These are not just commenters. These are real people in our community. And you, sounds like you made a really good connection and she wanted to be heard. Yes. Everybody just wants to be heard. We all want to be heard. And our customers, you can build an entire business around hearing your client. Yeah. Wow. That might be a great line to end on. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It might be. But I do want to ask you if there's anything else 
you feel like you would like to cover. You have shared so much and taught us so much, but is there anything you don't feel complete about that you would like to add? No, I mean, we could go, I could go on for <laughs> hours and talk about just Facebook, and I do, I love talking about it, but I really do, I really do feel like we covered a lot of ground. And I do too. It, this has been really helpful, and, you know, I hope this has given people the courage to try you know, to form that business page if they don't have it, to look at the ads, to seek help of an expert if they get started and their head starts spinning. Um, yeah. I hope that this has been helpful to people, and I really hope I can invite you back to talk on other topics. Absolutely. I would love to. Thank so. you. Thank you, Dawn, so much. This has been a pleasure. Thank you, too. Thank you again for listening to this week's episode. And I have a couple of questions for you. At the end of the questions, I will tell you where you can tell me the answers. But first, the questions. I'm really curious if any of you have any experience with boosting posts on Facebook or any other form of Facebook advertising. And if you do, could you detect any noticeable results? If you have any stories you would like to share, that would be great. Secondly, I am really interested to know your reaction when a sponsored post makes its way into your awareness on your feed. Do you look at those? Do you ever click on those? Or do you bypass them completely, viewing them purely as advertisements? I am just curious about if you are interested in sponsored posts. Okay, how to answer my questions. You can either... Head on over to the show notes for this episode on localhearted.com where you can leave a comment below the show notes or leave a comment at facebook.com slash localhearted. And as we learned, since Facebook is obviously not showing you all the posts for Local Hearted, there are two things you can do to make sure you never miss an episode. The first is to join my mailing list, and the way to do that is to go to localhearted.com, and in the right sidebar, there is a sign-up box where you can enter your email, and if you are a local artist and want to let me know that, there is a box there that you can check, and that way, in the future, if I want to talk to just the artists in the group, I will be able to single you out from checking that box. The other way, if you want to make sure you see the updates on Facebook, including when I release new episodes, when you like a page, if you then hover your mouse over where it shows that you liked them under their banner, you get some options. And one of them is in your newsfeed to see first. So that would be another way to make sure that you get to see the posts. Okay, thank you very much again for being here and any feedback you can provide about the topic we covered today will be highly appreciated. Hope you have a good week and until next time, this is Meredith Adler for the Local Hearted Podcast. And the podcast theme music is courtesy of and copyrighted by Jamie Noter-Thomas. It's time.